Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about very difficult people, also known as assholes. That's right. And if you have young listeners in earshot, this might not be an episode for them because I think we're going to use that word a lot. Hard to use a different word. Hard to describe those kinds of people. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. We are so happy to have you join us for our first show of season two. Yeah. Woohoo! As usual, we are here to talk about women and work, and our goal is for you to create ease, meaning, and joy in your workplace. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, this has been the greatest two weeks of my life. Don't it's tell my husband. It's been very exciting. It's been very <laughs> exciting. I started telling people I'm not only a lawyer, but I'm also a podcast. Oh yeah, I said that to my doctor. She's like, "Oh, you changed professions recently?" Yeah, yeah, I'm actually a podcast host. I didn't say podcaster. I'm going to have to use that. I one use next the time. fancy word podcaster, and even my <laughs> son is now telling people, "Yeah, my mom's a podcaster." Oh my gosh, I'm we like, are so cool. We are so cool. cool. And you know what? We would not be in this position. We would not be so excited if it weren't for our listeners. We love you. We love you. Love you. Love you. We love your comments. We love your thoughts. They're amazing, and we love the fact that you're listening. This has just been. The comments and the feedback and watching our analytics, watching the numbers of downloads just continue every day just brings joy. I wish I could send each of you a flower. A big thank you. A big big, hug. We're sending you. you a verbal hug. It is. Time for thanks, but also time for corrections corners. So not only do we get love. We get a little feedback, like feedback, which, which we welcome uh, and enjoy we want because exactly. we can handle it. We can take it. And we want it, actually. Yeah, we want it. And we had one listener, Charlie. Hello, I like Charlie. I like to call him Chuck, who told us that in, I can't remember what episode it was on, you were going off about potlucks. You know, I hate a potluck. I, everyone knows you hate a potluck. And frankly, I love that about you because that means when I come over to your house for dinner, I don't, don't have to bring, bring anything. No, I know. Out I love it. I love it. But you said potluck and potlatch. I thought this, they were the same. Or that you you said that potluck came from the Native American potlatch, potlatch and that's not true. What is the truth? That it's not true. So and thanks, Chuck. Thanks, for, Chuck, for correcting us on for correcting us. Yeah. potluck and potlatch. And we definitely do not want to appropriate any cultural thing like that. In a mistaken way, In a mistaken way, yes. And I want to do another correction corner, which is Laura an executive director and in charge of many people said that she was disappointed that in our show on friends in the workplace, we didn't talk about how bosses in the workplace make friends. So note to Laura, we will address that. Thank you for your feedback. Yeah. I love the way you got official too when you said that. Absolutely. That was very perfect. official. Your arms were even crossed. I wish I'm, I were My arms are crossed and I'm very serious Thank about it. Thank you for it. your feedback. We will address that in the future. I also have to do a little shout out though to some listeners by name who have just been so supportive of us, both on Facebook, and if everyone wants to jump on Facebook and fall in love, I mean, like us and follow us, <laughs> uh, fall in love. We set, uh, post a bunch of pictures, we post supporting articles on our Facebook page, and it's just Karina and Kirsten get to work. We also communicate with our listeners, and we had a lovely woman named Jessie who emailed us and told us that one of the episodes that we did really was timely for her and gave her the motivation to go back to her boss and ask for something that she wants. She actually asked, didn't get it, and settled, and we motivated her to do it. So right there, Kirsten, 
our goal of helping people was met. We helped mm -hmm. a lovely woman named Jessie and hopefully others. So just a couple of shout outs there before we get into today's episode, which as we mentioned in the intro is all about assholes. And you know, are you ready to move on, Kirsten? I'm ready to move on <laughs> to you know, assholes. You know, that's one of my things, right? Like, are we yes. ready to move on? Are we ready to move on? Thank you so much to my Thank former you for coworkers. With me. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so this subject came up because I recently had an experience that I want to share with our listeners, right? Remember? And this experience that I had really impacted me for a couple of days. As you know, I talked this to you about it. a very big deal. Yeah, days later. And it's really what started me thinking about wanting to talk about this on the show. So as y'all know, I spent a lot of time on my bike and my youngest son, Baxter, and I took a couple of friends on a bikepacking trip. And it was their first time camping from bikes. And it was an amazing weekend. We just, just really, two, me and another mom, and then, you know, her son and my son. Super sweet. And one of those things where, you know, like you're in the middle of it and you realize, Every stress I had has been washed away. I'm sitting on the beach. I, I rode my bike to this campsite. I'm surrounded by nature. I'm with great people. I have the, you know, a little the water, water the and my kid, whatever, gorgeous. right? Several days of that. So we were on the ferry on our way home from this trip. And for those of you who don't live in Washington, you know, we've got these big ferries that... Car ferries. Car ferries. That hold like 100 cars or something crazy. That's right. And a, and a whole bunch of bikes in our case. And the way that the ferry people had sort of loaded cars, they basically kind of put my bike and my son's bike behind some cars and so in, but we have to disembark first when we land bikers always off first right bikers and walkers are always off first and so these two kids went first and they were trying to sort of navigate their way through this these cars and push their bikes past the vehicles in order to get to the front of the boat and there was a tight space and my son was in front of me and he kind of went through this tight space, and a woman in a giant red Hummer rolled down her window and yelled at him, don't you touch my effing car. If you scratch my car or touch my car, I'm going to bash your head in. Crazy. 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 Right? Crazy. And to your I, kid. To my kid to and kid. another 13-year-old. Which And I did not hear this. So my kid is just a little bit shaky, apparently, and he keeps walking. And then I come up behind him a few paces later, and she does the same thing, only this time she opens the door and unleashed on me, okay? So here I am, just innocently trying to get my bike to the front of the ferry. After your beautiful after time. After a beautiful time. And this woman really goes out apeshit on me and my kid. I'm shaking. I don't know what to do in this situation. I park mm -hmm. my bike, go up, walk to the attendant and say, you know, I'm in a situation here. I don't feel safe. I'm not going to be able to disembark till she gets off. Can you just accommodate me so I don't have to push my bike next to this car. And the ferry worker, incidentally, started railing about this horrible woman. Apparently, she's like that all the time. Which is, yeah. Which is also a very unfortunate thing. Okay, so after processing this and really then hearing my kid's story and trying to coach him through the situation and trying to hold on to those beautiful emotions from our trip and also dealing with the adrenaline rush of being verbally accosted mm -hmm. by this woman. Oh, 
Incidentally, she had a Trump sticker on the back of her Hummer and an NRA sticker. See, that's the NRA thing is what makes it harder because you're like, what are you going to do next? Right. And I I don't even want to get into gun control on the show or, you know, politics. But I will say that I was concerned that she'd run us off the road. She was so hostile. Right. Is she packing heat? I don't even know. Okay. So back to our show. Because there are times we're worried about people packing heat. When you're on your bike. Oh, I'm always worried about right? Oh, yeah. Or just running me off the road, which we know I talk about a lot. Okay. So then I came back and talked to you and I said, you know, now I've processed this and I'm thinking this woman, if she was that, if her fuse was that short, just about some bikes going past her car, where else does that manifest Mm -hmm. itself? Is she self-reflective? Is she choosing this behavior? Who else is she abusive to? And what if she were my coworker? Mm -hmm. And that's really where I came to the show. And in fact, I think a lot of people do deal with hostility in the workplace. I know. Thank you for letting me share that story. But as you know, it affected me so much, and it threatened to change my entire experience. And I know that that's the same thing that happens in people's workplaces. It is the same thing that happens in workplaces. And the thing that I want to really call out here is the trauma. Yeah. Like, when somebody does this to you, it's unexpected, right? It's yes. like it comes out of nowhere, so it's shocking. And most of us... In the moment where all of our adrenaline is running and we're a little bit scared, trying to figure out what we should do, we don't have our full minds about us. So it's just really traumatic, right? It's a traumatic experience. And I think that that happens in the workplace. And when you told me that story, I was like, I know that didn't happen in the workplace, but that is a great way to articulate in a really big way what happens in the workplace. Yeah. Right? You're going about your business you're having your experience, you're doing this wonderful thing, and somebody else bombs in in a totally inappropriate way. Yes. Yeah, and attempts to disrupt that. And in some cases, I believe, we know that supervisors, shitty bosses, people who believe themselves to be superior to you can be as overt as that woman was Mm -hmm. to me with their hostility, with their rage, and with their inappropriate behavior. We also know that... People are assholes in the workplace in much more subversive ways or subtle, covert rather Passive than aggressive. Yeah, overt. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk a little bit about that today, too. You also wanted to make a distinction. I want to make a distinction and kind of narrow what we're talking about. And that is we really aren't talking about people who are just difficult in the workplace, just a little bit hard to manage. What we're really talking about are people who just qualify as assholes. Yeah. People who just qualify as Really big jerks. No, this is not the person who just, like, makes spaghetti in the microwave and doesn't clean up the splatters. Fish in the microwave. I know. Seriously, every episode we need to talk about this. Do not heat up your stinky fish lunch. Never. But that's not who we're talking about. We're not talking about those people who are just, like, just a little difficult. We're talking about people who are just really big, fat jerks. And we're not talking about, like, a hostile work environment. Like, as the lawyer, I'm going to bomb in on this and say, a hostile work environment is different. And a hostile work environment is when there is conduct in the workplace over a course of time that is pervasive and unwelcome, that changes the way you experience your workplace, it impacts, negatively impacts your workplace. There's no question that these people can do that. 
There is no question that they can create a hostile work environment. But today, we're just talking about the asshole. We're talking about that person. Those humans. That human, not the whole system. Mm -hmm. Just the humans. Okay, thank you for that. And... Again, we know that this manifests itself. So I just went off and told my story about this woman in my personal life. But there are a lot of stories. And in fact, if you have a story about dealing with an asshole, we want you to write us and tell us about it or jump on our Facebook we page and make it. We want to hear about your personal wanna, asshole. Yeah, we want to. Well, wait a minute. Can we clarify? Yes. That didn't sound right. It, people that know. That did not sound our right. I do not want to hear about know. anyone's personal asshole. I just want to hear about <laughs> an asshole in your life. In your life. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Okay, that's not personal. <laughs> Fine, Karina. You're so specific. That one, I could just, yeah, that was just a little. It just could have gone wrong in so many different ways. But it does manifest itself. So tell us your stories, please. And, and Kirsten, I think you have, an, you have a story about this. I have case. stories about this. I mean, it's a, I, as everybody knows, as I just said, I'm It's an, your job, it's right? An, it's your my job. job. Is like, I'm an employment lawyer. My job is dealing with assholes all of the time. Not your clients, necessarily. Well, sometimes my clients. Okay, yeah, rarely. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, really rarely, but sometimes, because they don't really stay around that long if they're an asshole. I mean, honestly, for one reason or another, they're not really my clients if they're assholes because mm -hmm. I don't really want to work with those mm -hmm. people, right? This is our whole point. We're trying to figure out how not to be in a workplace with assholes, right? So what I'm going to talk about are some of the behaviors that I have witnessed, heard about in the workplace that I think are just on the edge that, that are the definition of asshole. And the first thing is anything physical. Like if somebody does anything physical in the workplace, you know, we've talked before about people throwing wastebaskets. I've had a client who had somebody who threw keys in the workplace at other coworkers, not on a regular basis. People who throw cups, break cups, even throwing a notebook on the table at somebody, even just in the middle of a room. So my whole thing is if the behavior is physical in nature, probably an asshole, right? <laughs> So if someone is engaged in that physical behavior, know to spot that asshole quickly. Then I also have seen anybody who like raises their voice, screams and yells. It's a very interesting thing. Screaming and yelling in the workplace is like physical behavior, right? Physical violence. It's, it's abusive. It's abusive and it's just really not ever appropriate unless you're singing happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, you keep your voice low. You we speak calmly. Right. Yeah, if you're elevated and the situation is tense, yeah, you doesn't not give you license to yell. I recently had one of my clients call me up and they had an employee who really exhibited all of the asshole behavior. She threw notebooks in meetings. She would slam down her computer, like her keyboard and her mouse. She actually even broke her keyboard at one point and had to have it replaced. She would yell at her coworkers. She would not, I mean, then she had, of course, a whole host of more passive aggressive things, like she wouldn't answer people when they would address her. She would just be silent. And it's interesting because the passive aggressive behaviors coupled with the aggressive behaviors, she was just like, you know, toxic waste in mm -hmm. the office. Mm -hmm. Toxic waste in the office. In fact, anyone who just, even if they display one of those behaviors that you described, they are toxic in the yeah. workplace. And we know it. We know it because we feel it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, studies show that that kind of behavior has a significant impact on the workplace and, and, produ and, productivity. and productivity and the people that it's directed towards. Incidentally, I have to pause for just a second and say, as you know, I am also a huge fan of other podcasts and just 
as a way to clear my mind yesterday, I went on one of my favorite podcasters' websites, Adam Grant. I love him, yeah. Adam Grant has a podcast called Work Life. It's produced by Ted. I highly recommend it. And I'm scanning his available episodes, and he, and I'm not joking, has one on asshole. So I just want you to know, Adam, we love you, and we did plan this episode before we listened to you. But then I listened to it, and according to his podcast, this kind of bullying behavior, and I'm going to... I'm going to couch it in that way also because I think our listeners are probably getting tired of the word. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe not. But it's almost always directed at people who are someone's equal or below. So it's either your coworker or your boss that's doing this. So picture that. For those of us who are, for those of you who have like the most perfect work environment and you don't have toxic behavior, picture other people getting this sort of overt or covert negative energy, toxic energy from their colleague Mm -hmm. or their boss. I mean, that has significant impacts on the workplace too, which I do want to mention. And I got these statistics from Adam Grant. Thank you, Adam, for being so awesome. He's an organizational psychologist. But I want to make sure you finished what you were saying. Did you you get through? No, I want to hear what the... Did you get through? Okay, so even just being dismissive, making rude comments, ignoring people, public shaming, bullying, yelling, all of those are abusive behaviors that people endure. And according to Adam... When somebody is the victim of this, one of the responses is to try to ignore it. Just ignore it and get along. And when that happens... And pretend it's going to go away. And, I mean, and, that's part of the yeah. ignoring. Oh, it's just going to go away. Yeah, pretend yeah. it's going to go away. And when that happens, people are much, much less likely to call out errors or call out things that they see in the workplace. They just start to go into themselves, right? That's what we do. Mm-hmm. That's what I did on the ferry. Right, because it's scary to yeah. do something else. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Now, thankfully, I had an authority figure that I could go to who helped me figure out what to do. But it also creates an environment of fear Mm -hmm. in the workplace. And so if you're a manager and who's seeing this, or if you have an employee who's complaining about abusive behavior or bullying in the workplace, you're automatically saying yes to a culture of fear. It also, in studies, show that when someone is the victim of this kind of behavior, it decreases their ability to solve complex problems by 25%. And when immediately after being bullied or treated poorly in this fashion, people are, in one study Adam referenced, were nine times less likely to help other people. So think about what that's doing to your team. Not only the, you know, the fact that this is happening to these two poor people in your workplace, it's also having a significant impact on your workplace culture and productivity. So that's all that I had about that. Other than one other comment, which I just have to say, (laughs) one of Adam's guests said, I'd rather have a hole than an asshole. And that really stuck with Mm me, meaning I'd rather have a position not filled in my company then have it filled by someone who is abusive. Creating toxicity for the rest of the culture and the environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what do you do? What do you do if you are dealing with this? What are our options? And we already said some people ignore it. So I want to just remind people again what I said in the very beginning, which is you had a fear reaction, right? You had an anxiety fear reaction that changes the way your brain works. And, you know, I know all of us have seen this. You witness something, you see something that's so shocking, like you don't know even how to respond to it, right? So I think the first thing to do is to acknowledge we are not in our full selves, yeah. right? We're yeah. not in our you full are, selves. Yes, absolutely. You are we, a little bit compromised right now. We're compromised. We do not have our full capacity. So that's the first thing to do. And to then 
realize that I need to get into a place where I can think this through. Yes. And it's not right in that moment, probably. There's a bunch of people out there who are snappy and smart and have witty comebacks, and they can do that. I'm not one of those people. I have to go back and think about it. Right. And I also think if somebody is hostile to you or mean or being an asshole to you in the workplace, if you address it right then, you're matching their energy and their tactics. Possibly. And, I and that's, almost, that's the exposure. That's yes, the risk. Yes. And yeah. I can almost guarantee you they're going to out-asshole you in any situation. Do not, you Do know, not try and out-asshole them. Don't ask, Do don't, not get a bigger stick and beat them. No, exactly. Yeah. But I think that's the first thing, to recognize you're not in your full self. The second thing is to recognize, as we always say, it's not about you. It is not about it you. It is not about you. You may be in a lower position. You may be in an equal position. They may perceive you as, you know, whatever. But it isn't about you. It's about them. It is so once them. you get yourself out of that world, hey, this is not even about me, right? Yes. yes. Which I have to pause for just a second and say, because I've had this conversation a lot with people like, why is this happening? Why is this somebody treating me like this? And there are people in the world, and I think I'm one of them, who look at a situation and think, oh my God, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you behaving this way? Mm -hmm. What the hell is yeah. wrong with you? And then there are people who say, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why do you think it's okay to treat me like that? What do I need to do so to So you know change? what I like to do? I like to say, it's not about me. And in all candor, then I do like to say, what is wrong with you? Exactly. And then I get soup, and not in a blaming, judgmental way, but in a curious way. Like, Oh, I'm a blamer. I'm just going to be blaming. No, no, I'm like, I'm super curious. Like, why did that lady do that? What's up with her? What did right. she have for breakfast that morning? Yeah, yeah. It's true. But I want our listeners, if nothing else, just take this one thing away from today's podcast. It's not about is, you. Just... It's not about you in a good way. Like start yes. really start really transitioning the what what's wrong with me question into what's wrong with you. It's very freeing. Mm -hmm. It's very freeing. Okay, anyway, back to what do you do? Okay, it's what not you about do? you. It's not about you. Get in your whole self. And is this something you can have a hard conversation about? Is this something that you can go after the meeting, after the whatever, and say, hey, that really felt like this to me. That really felt really, that was really concerning to me, or that really felt really scary. That requires, as we've talked about in these hard conversations, a lot of vulnerability. Yes. Right? And you do have to be good at courageous conversations. Mm -hmm. You have to. And in some cases, it takes practicing. It takes getting your courage up, being crystal clear about what you want to say, writing down notes, whatever. I think it's worth doing. It's worth, absolutely it's worth doing. But there's no question it's risky to say to somebody, that hurt my feelings. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard thing to do. It's also important if you are going to confront the person who's being like this, when you talk to them, Make sure to articulate the impact of their actions rather than what you believe were their intentions. Exactly. This is how it made me feel. Right. This is my observation. Yeah. And why would you want to make me feel terrible? Start with that. Start with the assumption that we don't really, that most people really don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable or bad, maybe except for the lady in the red Hummer. Oh, she definitely wanted she to make was me feel bad. bad. Yeah. Again, I wanted to key your car. Oh, Karina, there's the theme. Key in the car. Again. I did not do it, Good. but I wanted to key your car, which is going to, yeah. That's anyway, our theme. Key in the car. We're going to talk about in another future episode. It has something to do with being a biker. It's I think one of my the only defenses. The key in the car is two things. Okay, so more about what you can do. So maybe you can have that courageous conversation. Yeah. I really like it when I can go to other people that I work with and say, and check in and say, hey, that felt really bad to me when I was in there. Can you give me some feedback on that? So getting other people to help you because they might actually say in the meeting the next time, 
Ted, when you do that, that's really interferes with the productivity of our meeting or it stifles communication or whatever. So sometimes somebody else will step up for you when you talk to a coworker. Yes. But if nothing else, you're going to get some feedback on your feelings, your impression, and what happened. So I really think that I typically, when I have that behavior happen to me, I go check in and say, was that as weird as you thought it was, right? It's just really helpful to get that affirmation. Yeah, and also Harvard Business Review has a great article about how to deal with mean colleagues, and one of the things that they suggest is to enlist help. And incidentally, I think we'll upload, or I'll post, I'll make sure to post a it's link a very good article to Harvard this article. Review. We love it Super on our fancy. Facebook page. For Makes sure. us feel smart to read Harvard Business Review. Oh my gosh, Review, I quote right? HBR all the time. People are like, "Wow!" Now we're just HBR. You're we're not even saying Harvard Business Oh, I like to make acronyms. You know that whole thing? Like, you know what a TLA is? No, it's a three-letter acronym. That's right. Oh my F L A four-letter acronym. That's mm-hmm. so funny. I know. So I make up TLAs all the time. Okay. So what else can we do? Oh, be a boot licking toady. I believe oh, you said that. Oh, that's my phrase. Be a boot licking toady. <laughs> Sometimes when people behave in this way, it's because they're afraid or maybe they're concerned about their position. So sometimes if you can find a way to compliment them, you know, to say, hey, you know, that helps you create relationship with them. Which actually makes me so upset. I know. Like, I hate that. I hate that we reward bullying. One of the tactics to reward bullying behavior is to be nicer to the bully. Because I just, like I said, I just want to key their car and punch in I the view face. It, don't view it as being nice. View it as manipulating. That's what I'm saying. You, ha- you I have, have to, to manipulate the bully. Or the asshole. Right. Into some... Right. Yeah. I have to change my mind about that because I do want to fight. And I'm the kind of person who wants to confront someone in the meeting. You know? And that's never worked for me, frankly, until I was the boss. And then I just did the, like, smackdown shaming in the middle of the meeting. And, you know, in the long run, it didn't work for me either. But that's my knee jerk. So, you know, if I can change my mind about that and see the benefit of being nice to the person who's being mean to me to manipulate them or the situation so we can kind of get ourselves out of this paper bag, that'd be nice. And I also feel like people who are having that experience and behaving the way that they do in the workplace like that are suffering. They're also suffering or they wouldn't be behaving like that. Mm -hmm. So if I can maybe alleviate their suffering a little bit, maybe they can behave better. Maybe they can feel less threatened. Maybe they can feel more safe. I don't know what the answer is, but effective. Okay. Okay. It is true. And then, you know what? One of the other things that people often do, and so this is a note to managers, owners, founders, people who supervise others. When someone's a victim of this kind of behavior, they will often seek revenge. Ooh. Right? Which is really interesting. So it may not Very be human. directing, a, you know, a direct conversation to change the behavior. It they may, may not just be, try and sabotage. They may them. just try to sabotage, and that's a whole right. So we want to avoid that too. We want to nip this in the bud. To mm-hmm. we want to nip this in the something with the bu. <laughs> it's the bud. And by the way, I don't think we've said this yet, but you can always. I mean, you can always talk to your boss, like Karina talked about with her situation. Having an authority figure was really helpful, and if you can get the assistance of somebody who will help you with this person, who maybe doesn't even see the behavior, also really good. So I think we're coming to the end of our show. We are coming we're to the end of our show. Out of time. I want to say I want you to talk about one thing before we're done. Tell me the behaviors. If you can, in a list or categorize them that are absolutely 100%, we are reporting these right now to our supervisor. This is in direct violation of the laws that protect us. Right. Honestly, anything physical. 
Anything physical that happens to you, somebody throws something at you, pushes you, even blocks your way in the hallway. If there's anything physical that happens in the workplace, absolutely report it. Secondly, report anything of a sexual nature. If it's got anything sexual in it that makes you feel uncomfortable about your gender, about something like that. And also anything that's related to like a protected status. Is it related to your race, to your religion, to a disability, anything like that, report that immediately. And also too, I mean, if something it hits like on a scale of one to 10 hits a 10, my advice is to report it. Okay, thank you for that. I just wanna be crystal clear. Like you don't have to do this. You don't have to deal with this alone. You should be talking to your supervisor or your boss about any of these behaviors. But that list that Kirsten just gave us is an absolute, it is black and white. This is not a gray area. And my bet is if you look at your employee handbook, the employer asks you to report those things. If you have a, an employee handbook. If you have one. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to have one. Go dig it out of that drawer, dust it off, take a look at it. Okay, anything else we want to say? I hope there are no assholes in your life, listeners. I hope you didn't hear yourself in this show. Oh, gosh, yeah. If you did, get a grip. And also a therapist. therapist. Yes. Jinx. High five to that. I know. We've got a couple. We can send you you some referrals. That's it. Just be lovely. Good night. It's not that hard. Right? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being awesome. Bye. Well, that was fun. If you liked that episode, find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, take a look at our website at yougettowork.com. Thanks for listening. Kareen and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded at community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham, Washington, and streaming at kmre.org. And thanks to our sound engineer, Kevin Leja. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin.